is a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. You recall, I believe we discussed it, if not posted it, the video of a fellow quite inebriated who kept trying to put his pants on as his shirt? Yeah, I remember that. That was a long time ago. That happened to me today. <laughs> I grabbed uh, no. well, I grabbed off a chair what I thought was my uh, ESPN, 1500 ESPN jersey. Yeah. I, and I didn't put it on. I just bundled it up in my arm and brought it in. And then I usually put it on when I come down here to the studio because the studio, you never know what the temperature is. I started putting this thing on. And it was somebody's pants. <laughs> so you, this is, but you, you, this was one hundred percent sober. Yeah, you these were, are female pants. Oh, <laughs> and I, I got my head stuck you in the long leg. And, and what's going on here? And I took it off and I went, "What the hell?" You know what's odd about that is, if, <laughs> if I recall correctly, when Johnny read that story of the guy attempting to put those on, I believe you said, "Well, I can add that to the file." Well, now you got to take that out of the file. Well, no, because no, I... No, you, you did it. Well, yeah, but I it wasn't the result of drinking. The file well, usually has everything. Look at what I look at what I haven't done. I've done some stupid things. I damn near choked on this long belt that went around the thing, <laughs> and I thought, what in the world is this? This isn't my jersey. How did you confuse it? It's the same color. It's the same material. Boom, I just picked pants it up. And pants. I think, Somebody's pants. No, the CP's going, who took who, my Where's my pants? Well, did you put them on? Let's see. What do you got on? Oh, I'm not wearing them. Oh. Venezuelan nice. President Nicolas Maduro admitted to his party's Congress that their socialist economic plans have failed. Ooh. Speaking to the Congress of Venezuela's ruling United Socialist Party, President Nicolas Maduro admitted that his economic agenda isn't working out like he had planned. The production models we've tried so far have failed, and the responsibility is ours, mine, and yours, Maduro told lawmakers, agents France Press reported. Enough with the whining. We need to produce with or without outside aggression, whatever the hell that means, with or without blockades. We need to make Venezuela an economic power. No more whining, he said. I want solutions, comrades. Uh, you dumb, evil bastard. What'd you expect? Stop this calling doesn't comrades. Work. That's it the first doesn't thing. work. I gave you the toilet paper theory yesterday. That works. Uh, the socialist government in Venezuela has taken a number of failed measures in attempting to pull the country out of a four-year recession. In the past five years, it has taken over and nationalized entire industries, such as steel and cement, used its army to try and control street markets, and employed a number of attempts at currency manipulation. But the measures have backfired, resulting in an inflation crisis that the International Monetary Fund predicts will reach 1 million percent. 1 million wow. percent. Uh, with the largest oil reserves in the world, Venezuela's crude sales account to roughly 96% of the nation's revenue. But the industry has deteriorated so much since the government took over that the country has even considered importing oil to refine in an attempt to fulfill the contracts of the state-run oil company, PDVSA. They even screwed that up, huh? It's as plain as the nose on Octavio Cortez's face, whatever her name is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Alejandria? He said, I, I bet it'll only take us two years to reach a level of stability. No, uh, it won't. It'll never work, you moron. Mm. It just doesn't work. 
Venezuela has repeatedly blamed its financial woes on sanctions imposed by the U.S., but Maduro told his ministers that it was time to take responsibility as a country. Maybe that's a ray of hope. You will not see me whining. I do not blame them anymore, meaning us, I guess. You do not see me whining in front of imperialism. Let them attack us. We haven't attacked Venezuela. It is up to us whether to act with aggression or without aggression. I don't know what that means. It, no. But it doesn't work. And uh, Venezuela is the current model. Well, you could so, throw in Cuba. Uh, but, so now what do they... How, do they bail? I don't know how, how they, they pick, you know they got to pick themselves off, pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and start all over again. But they can't do it with this moron in charge, or any of these socialists. It doesn't work. Somebody confront Bernie, who just got his third home. Break him up. How many? Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, start all over again. How many yachts does a billionaire need? Bernie tweeted the other day. Well, I guess three. How many homes does a billionaire need? Well, Bernie, you got three. A couple of them are beauties, too, on lakes. and Just a hell of a deal. <laughs> Bernie. Bernie tried to have it all figured out, but he kind of got, he was, he was outed, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. What's the temperature? Uh, you got 75, yep. sir. And it's a, uh, the twins are underway. It's not raining. Uh, yeah, they were uh, they were a scoreless, I believe. I I don't have the Facebook Live app up, and I and I was going to have it on TV for you today. As, yeah, as, as, I'm, you know, as a gesture of charity. Know if that's, I, I don't know. If I, I didn't get to watch much. I didn't get to watch any of last night's game. I, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, you're not missing a lot. <laughs> you know why? Is John John Hyde's back? Isn't he? John Hyde is back. I swear I heard his voice earlier. Bottom Thank of the God. fifth, we are still scoreless. Uh huh. It's we, huh? Yeah, because I'm on the team. I might as well be on the team. Entertainment. Commencing Garage Logic segment number three. Much to the relief of Chris Reavers. <laughs> Here is John Hyde in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. It's partly sunny and 75 degrees. This update brought to you by It's Just Lunch. Uh, the Twins and Indians are playing down at Target Field. By the way, Joe, I was going to tell you, since you're nice enough, you said you'd let the fellas watch the game. Yeah. Uh, I have that TV at home. I can just load my Facebook right up on there and we'll uh-huh. put the game on. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, Johnny, do you want to go in there to the break? Why don't you go home and watch it then? I can do that during the break and I'll have the game yes, on. Yes, I think that's a How's good that idea. Sound? That sound all right? Let's call them out on it, bruh. Yeah. You mean you can put the game on this 55-inch TV? Yeah, I can put Facebook on there. God he just logs heaven. into his account. That's communism. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Communism. It's, it's, uh, it's not trustworthy. Voodoo. It's voodoo. voodoo. There you Absolute go. voodoo. Voodoo economics. The Twins and the no. Indians. Uh, uh, way to age yourself there, Rick. Yep. Uh, Twins and Indians playing uh, down at Target Field, the rubber game of the series. They're in the fifth inning. It's zipping right along because both pitchers pitching very well. Alberto Mejia on the mound for the Twins. He's through five innings. He's only given up one hit. And uh, the Twins only have two hits off Carlos Carrasco. It is 0-0. Zero to zero. 
there in the fifth inning in that one. Tyler Cooper, a six foot four, two hundred ninety five pound offensive lineman from St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, has verbally committed to the Gophers, giving Coach PJ Flex program twenty three players in the recruiting class of twenty nineteen. He played both tackle and center in high school, but he'll probably end up, it looks like, as a guard with the Gophers. He's a three star recruit, as rated by twenty four seven sports dot com, the ninth ranked recruit in Wisconsin. Out of five or ten stars. <laughs> Who would be uh, broadcasting the game on Facebook? Uh, the uh, Glenn Perkins actually is oh, part of Perkins the team doing it. Uh, the uh, I'm not sure who the play-by-play guy right. is. Uh, I was listening briefly, but I didn't recognize the voice. Somebody I think from MLB, uh, hmm. the MLB Network. So there you go. Uh, news notes from today: The Minnesota State Patrol says alcohol appeared to be a factor in a crash that temporarily shut down I-94 yesterday morning. The westbound side of the interstate was closed for several hours after a wrong-way driver identified as Taylor Gilbert hit a semi at about 1.14 in the morning near Cedar Avenue. Semi caught fire, leaked diesel fuel. The semi driver, identified as Mohammed Shari, escaped before the fire started. He was not hurt. Authorities said Gilbert was suspected of being under the influence of alcohol while driving. He was injured in the crash, taken to a nearby hospital. Interstate was closed from Highway 280 to the 7th Street exit. The incident remains under investigation. St. Paul City Attorney dropping charges against 17 people who protested the shooting of Philando Castile in 2016. Several had been scheduled for trial in mid-August, but St. Paul Attorney Lindsay Olson says she determined moving forward was not in the city's best interest. The 17 were among 73 arrested outside the governor's official residence in July 2016 after law enforcement moved to break up a protest that had lasted nearly three weeks. Most of the 73 pleaded guilty to minor charges, but seven went to trial earlier. Castile shot after telling an officer he had a gun permit and was armed. The officer acquitted in that case. You were inquiring about the uh, uh, play-by-play on the podcast yeah, or on the Facebook? I, right. I think this, let's go live. It's, this is, oh, yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> wow, something must have happened. That way he must have scored. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll keep monitoring to find right. out what uh, a big strikeout. Because yeah. there's a scoreless it's ball confusing game. on Facebook. So let yeah. me I'll continue to monitor. All right. I love that soundbite. The U.S. Appeals Court says President Trump's executive order threatening to withhold funding from sanctuary cities that limit cooperation with immigration authorities is unconstitutional. But the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals this morning said a lower court went too far when it blocked the order nationwide. U.S. District Judge William Oreck said in November that the president's order threatened all federal funding and that the president didn't have the authority to attach new conditions to spending approved by Congress. The ruling came in lawsuits filed by two California counties, San Francisco and Santa Clara. The Trump administration said the order applies to a relatively small pot of money that already requires compliance with immigration laws. Email to a spokesman for the U.S. Justice Department was not immediately returned. The two Americans killed in an ISIS-claimed attack in Tajikistan over the weekend were a couple from Washington, D.C., who left their lives in the nation's capital to see the world together by bicycle. According to Lauren Geohagen's parents, the year-long cycle adventure was typical of their daughter's openness to new people and places and her quest for a better understanding of the world. Robert and Elvira Geohagen, the mom and dad, confirmed in a statement sent to CBS News that Lauren and her boyfriend, 29-year-old Jay Austin, were killed in the attack Sunday as they rode through the country with a group of other foreign cyclists. A car rammed into the group. Then five men got out and attacked the tourists with knives. A Dutch, and, Dutch and Swiss national were well, this killed. This is Pakistan? Uh, Pakistan. Afghanistan. Afghanistan. 
Tajikistan. Oh, Tajikistan. That's one of my favorite stand countries. I'm not going to a stand country. No. A Dutch and Swiss national also killed, along with the two Americans. Tajik authorities blamed a domestic Islamic separatist group, but ISIS followed an initial claim of responsibility in print with a video showing the five purported attackers pledging allegiance to ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Joe Hagan and Austin had set off on their bicycle trip around the world in July 2017 in South Africa and had chronicled their journey with regular updates and photos on their Simply Cycling blog. I'm going to hack into my Facebook. This is what the current audio is. Here's the pitch. Oh, wait. Oh, boof glaring in. <laughs> wide. I'm sorry, inside. Wide, inside, ball. I think he called it a strike. Yes, he did. Didn't he? What's he lay, raising his hand for? It looked like a strike to okay. me. One, on one and one. Yeah. <laughs> this is not as easy as you think it is when you listen to Gordo all summer long. The best part By of the way, count was two and three. Yeah. 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 Two and three. That two was three. one That ball pitch. was wide. One pitch. <laughs> one pitch. <laughs> and then Pat started talking about 75. I-75, oh. I think, was built here in about later 70 sometime. Yeah, it used to be farmland. They had uh, cows uh, grazing and uh, palm trees. Did they have any serpents? A lot of serpents. Uh, Moses took all the serpents out with St. Peter and uh, part in the Red Sea down in the Fort Myers area. The Steve McQueen effect is about to be uh, tested in a Los Angeles courtroom. As explained in a new lawsuit brought by McQueen's children, anything associated with the deceased movie legend, especially cars, drives value up. As examples, the complaint points to a 1970 Porsche 917K featured in the McQueen film Le Mans that auctioned for over $14 million a year ago. Now, however, Porsche finds itself answering for the McQueen, said to be a special edition automobile allegedly marketed through the use of the late actor's persona. According to the complaint, Chad McQueen personally visited Ferrari in 2011, meeting with then-chairman of the automaker and expressing interest in a special McQueen car, provided he and his family maintained approval rights. According to the complaint, the McQueen family was subsequently shocked when they learned in 2017 that Ferrari had, without notice, begun marketing and selling a special edition Ferrari called the McQueen. Well, I think the kids get a taste. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Ferrari advertised the vehicle online and distributed brochures that incorporated the actor's photo. That is until the How McQueen... How could they be that stupid? <laughs> How could you be one of the world's most exotic car manufacturers and not have anybody in your legal department to say, you just can't use this guy's mugshot and name? Right. I don't know. But how much publicity are they getting for it? Was it, they was don't it need worth it? They don't need it. Okay. That's the least of their problems. Gotcha. Uh, they're claiming uh, the McQueen family trademark infringement, false endorsement, and misappropriation of the right of publicity. Uh, they would like $1 million in compensatory damages and $2 million in statutory damages per registered trademark. Uh, email from Bert, Mr. Mayor. Mm-hmm. You were talking about uh, attempting to put on your wife's pants as a I'm shirt. I'm not even sure they're segment. hers. I don't even know whose they are. Whoa. <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, well, you know, that's a pretty good chance. Yeah, this just took an interesting yeah, let's, twist. Uh, let's uh, come back with that. Um, Bert emails, it's not news if one tries to don one's pants as shirt. It's news if one succeeds. That's true. Yeah. Well, and, and he's, I'm, he's yeah. charging me with uh, fake news. Um, <laughs> it's in between innings right now, mm-hmm. and we'll see what we're feeling with it. This sounds like some kind of news report. Actually, yeah. but the Ball State women's, be- oh. women's team <laughs> shot down yep. and ended up doing poorly. Yep. Oh, no. And the oh, no. okay, we're going to continue on now. Okay, yeah. Okay. So we're going to. So it's kind of it's not really up to <laughs> that. It's different, grade. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a little. Uh, uh, yeah. 
It's like sportscaster idol. And it's yep. weird because trying some people out. It seemed like he was talking about basketball. Well, it's, it was probably just a fill-in sports report between innings. I got and it. And boom goes the dynamite. There he is. Yep. <laughs> a health alert's been issued for a number of wraps and salads sold at Walgreens and Trader Joe's due to a concern of cyclospora contamination. I don't like anything with, like, cyclo in the word. Products were produced between July 12th and July 18th, contain a best-buy date ranging from the 18th through the 23rd. Products recalled from Trader Joe's include the Caesar salad with chicken, tarragon chicken salad wrap, and a Chinese-inspired salad with chicken. Now, when I saw this story, uh, if they're already expired, yeah. wouldn't they be off the shelves? Do we leave them well, on the shelves? Well, uh, maybe people bought them oh, and they're left home them in their and fridge. they haven't eaten them yet. There you oh. go. Yeah. I get it now. Right. Yeah, salad, you're always checking that end date. Is huh? Dave Dahl available? Please. Just make a move. Joe Sujure. We're joined by Ren Claire, the Channel 5 Weather Center. Hey there. Good afternoon, you guys. Uh, another uh, quiet forecast for us here. We did see some showers and thunderstorms earlier this morning. That was kind of the main act for today. At this point, I'm just tracking a couple storm cells currently by Rice Lake. Cumberland seeing some soaking rain right now. A little bit of thunder and lightning, but for us here in the Twin Cities, mostly dry. A couple spot showers currently near Long Lake and Wyzetta, but it's a mostly dry afternoon for us. We are going to stay pretty overcast. Could see a couple peaks of sunshine. That may get us to about 77, but otherwise expect to stay in the mid-70s as you head to our west and northwest, even cooler than that in the low 70s. Tonight we're mostly cloudy with temperatures in the mid to upper 50s. And tomorrow's another cool sort of early fall-like forecast with with partly sunny skies and temperatures in the mid to upper 70s. The end of this week, we start to see more storm chances Friday into the overnight hours and temperatures in the upper 80s by Friday into the weekend as well. Some storm chances both Saturday and Sunday. We'll get some dry periods in there as well, but some of the storms could be strong. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's do something pleasant, shall we? I'm all up for that. Well, what do you got? Let's do something that doesn't involve mayhem. An 18-year-old pizza delivery man is going viral after wowing his customers with his piano skills. Bryce Doodle, D-U-D-A-L, Doodle, was delivering a Hungry Howie's pepperoni pizza to the Varchetti (laughs) family outside Detroit when he noticed their piano and asked if he could look at it. The Varchettis invited the recent high school graduate into their home to see the baby grand, which he then asked if he could play. He was beyond good, Julie Varchetti told the Washington Post. Doodle, who said he self-taught, wowed the family by playing the third movement of Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata from memory. Julie recorded Doodle and shared the video on Facebook, which has since received, uh, you know, thousands of shares. Right. Doodle's music ability was so captivating, even the Varchetti's 10-year-old son and his friends stopped playing video games to listen. Come on. Let's hear this, kid. He's serious. Typically. 
kid. Red T. Red Hungry Hoagies or whatever the place was. Hungry Howies. Hungry Howies. You and I would have been happy just to safely deliver the Hungry Howies pizza. Yes. Get a $3 tip. Western bad guy silent film. That's what this sounds like. Here he comes. <laughs> He's oh, tying her up to the right corner. <laughs> Here comes the dreams. <laughs> oh, wow. He said a lot of people sit down at the piano and play something slow and beautiful, but when I play for someone, I go at it, Doodles told the Washington Post. Beginning around the age of six, Dudal started playing music on his family's small keyboard, listening to complicated songs, and teaching himself how to recreate them. He eventually took lessons for several years until other hobbies, hobbies took over his time. Uh, he's going to be a college freshman at Maycomb Community College on a baseball scholarship. Uh, he said his newfound fame has renewed his passion for music. He said he loves surprising people with his talent. All they see is a pizza delivery guy. Isn't that fantastic? It is, and this is really weird. Uh, one of your siblings. Yeah. You remember when you delivered pizza? Was it high school? Must have been high school. <laughs> yeah. Someone, one of your siblings has audio of yeah. you stopping at the uh, the Johnsons about two houses down, okay. and you played their piano after delivering their pizza. All right. <laughs> and they were. Truly amazed that you could do that, and so thank you to your siblings for passing that along. And, you know, this is an advanced version too, so that's uh, never had a lesson. No, yeah, never, never had a lesson. Sounds like I never had a lesson. Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven. He's uh, he's bringing a Howie hung, a hungry Howie's pepperoni pizza, and I suppose he. Lusts after beautiful pianos, right? Right, right. And so he says, wow, you got a grand. Can I see that? And they say, yeah, go ahead. You know what? You mind if I play it? They'd had no idea what they were right. about Do you do. know how much this story has resonated with the Rook, Joe? Huh. He's now looking up Hungry Howie's Pizza. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. Uh, if I'm ever outside of Detroit, I'm going to look up uh, Hungry uh, Hungry Harry's. You know, for most people, Rook, that's not the part of the story that would have resonated. Yeah, but it just sounds like it was a solid pizza joint. Had good crispy. You know, they let it sit on that uh, oven <laughs> a little bit done. longer so you're the crust done. gets a little no, crispier. The, the, you're, you're, you're diminishing the attention for this uh, Bryce kid and your uh, pizza bringing people together, huh? That's no, the piano playing did, not the pizza. Yeah, because of pizza. Yeah. They ship with a tree. Joe Souchere. What's up with the Facebook? Uh, let's see. Baseball scores. We're looking at a... See if anybody scored yet. Cleveland is on the board with one run. It is in the bottom of the sixth inning. Two Indians are up, one zip. Is Minnesota really America's 
happiest state? Minnesota. Uh, it's not on the coast. I know that. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to be inland. Do you think Minnesota is the nation's happiest state? I'm happy. Are you happy? Sure. <laughs> well, are you going to find out more and more? Oh, good. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's seventy-five degrees. I- Flashlight, check. Two belt, check. Attitude, check. He's going in. Joe Sutro. Did I hear you correctly? Director of social media? 80 degrees? Yes, sir. Pretty good. We'll take it. You know, Minnesota is America's happiest state. How do we... Uh, how do we uh... Well, these studies are worth the paper they're printed on. Right. But this one caught my attention because as many of these studies, so-called studies uh, that we've seen, I don't recall Minnesota ever being the, the, the happiest state. The winner. The winner. With Louisiana in last place. Oh. Really? Louisiana's in last place? Denmark is the world's happiest country and Minnesota is America's happiest state. The land of 10,000 lakes may lack the glitzy allure of a New York or L.A., but it beats out the rest of the nation when it comes to overall life satisfaction, a new study finds. Okay. And again, these studies are worth the paper they're printed right. on. Who paid for what, it? Well, well, it's done by something called Magnify Money, a personal finance site. Okay. It's sought to measure the happiness levels of all 50 states using 20 wellness factors. <laughs> These factors derive from a recent Oxford University study were based on health, lifestyle, and prosperity markers, allowing the researchers to assign each state a wellness score out of 100. Using this scale. Right, this is the official scale they're using. Minnesota scored the highest, 73.3 out of 100, with South Dakota, Colorado, Utah, and North Dakota rounding out the top five. <laughs> The least happy states were Louisiana, Rhode Island, West Virginia, what? Alabama, and Mississippi. Each scored below 34 out of 100. Oh, and those are all East Coast or, or close to. The researchers noted that six of the 10 happiest states were in the Midwest, while seven of the 10 least happy states were in the South. Uh, notable exceptions to this pattern include Rhode Island, it ranked 49th overall, Nevada, 42nd overall, and New Hampshire. Ranking ninth overall. How can you be unhappy in New Hampshire? Another. See, I would have guessed with our high taxes and the fact that we have winter seven months a year, I, I figured Minnesota would never come out number one in one of these things. We've got four seasons, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, another observation. Many states excelled in one or two categories, but not others, bringing down their overall ranking. Utah uh, ranked first in lifestyle and prosperity, but 21st in health. On the flip side, some high-ranking states, such as Iowa and New Hampshire, weren't world beaters in any specific category, but still ranked strongly across the board. Minnesota, which did not have any other first-place finishes, has a similar story. It ranked third in health and lifestyle and sixth in prosperity. Okay. Uh, On an individual level, this sort of holistic approach to health, incorporating proper sleep, exercise routines, and money habits is best to emulate. Happiness comes 
when you're thriving in your relationships, career, finances, health, and in your engagement with your community, offers Victoria Craze, a fitness consultant who worked with the researchers. What a bunch of BS. I mean, I'm thinking... While less than a tenth of people thrive in all these categories, Craze suggests that improvements in one area can lead to improvements in another. And now we know that for some, changing zip codes can also serve as a catalyst. And there's Minnesota, 73.3, edging out South Dakota, which was 72.9. That's what I thought would have been maybe one of the Dakotas or, or you know, somewhere, Montana or Wyoming, where everything's... I, I don't know. In the Dakotas, I'd feel lonely. They're, they're very sparsely popular. Maybe North Dakota, but, you know, South, you got you got Sturgis and you got the hills. You're on your way to Wyoming and Montana. Magnify money. What was in it for them, do you think? Um, is it a tour? Well, maybe a, a tourism a, a type study to, to bring people to different states. Uh, but unless you're Louisiana, you didn't get your money's worth. Or Rhode Island or New Hampshire. Well, I'm just... I just I, I get amused at those studies, and again, I, I only noted this one because Minnesota actually comes in first. You know, Arkansas, where are they? Probably just middle of the pack, huh? Well, they have a ranking here, but it's in such small print, I oh, can't see. Oh, okay. You well, want I Arkansas? I won't task you with that. That's uh, okay. Well, I can probably find it. Not really. The print's too small. Because they're just right in the middle of the country. I mean, no, they're in the south, but it just... You got the they Grumleys, though. You got the Wachita Mountains. Oh, yeah, you got the, the Grumleys. The Grumleys? Mm-hmm. I, why am I looking? I yeah, can't I, read I'm, it. Yeah, I'm really not that <laughs> Why do you ask me about well, Arkansas? I just, it, it just popped into my head. One of the also-ran states. I mean, it's not, down there. It's down there. You you know, you go to Little Rock and you're like, okay, now what? Have you ever been to Arkansas? No, but I'm sure that's what they say. I have been. Well, and now what? What did you do when you, you arrived in Little uh, Little Rock? I, and didn't to, I didn't go to Little Rock. Where'd you go? Hot Springs. They play golf? No. Car show. Yep. That's right. I remember. Oh that. my God. That's yep. right. Yep. And you know what they have down there? Stuff. Magnificent thunderstorms. What? They're, they're, the thunder. You drove through one, correct? Didn't you? Was no, that the one? We, we were there during one, and they're different than the thunderstorms here. They're, oh. I don't know why. They're just, they're more What's massive different? and loud, and, and lightning is more tremendous and it just no. they have massive thunder. I mean lightning can't be more tremendous. I don't know why I, I have maybe a, you were just paying more attention to it. Maybe I don't know. And, and then I also noted a theft today that interested me. A theft? A theft. Mm. Uh, thieves in Sweden walked into a small town's medieval cathedral in broad daylight and stole priceless cr- I'm going to turn this into a uh, Oh wait I, I know. You know the answer? I know the answer. Okay it can't be an Oompa quiz then. Okay. Yep, I know this one. And stole priceless crown jewels dating back to the early 1600s before escaping by speedboat. Yes! Isn't that they, something? They How James away. Bond is this? Yeah, they got away. Two men vanished after the noon heist yesterday into a vast network of lakes around Strangness, 37 miles west of the capital of Stockholm. The thieves snatched two gold crowns and an orb made for King Carl IX and Queen Christina. One of the crowns is encrusted with precious stones. The stolen items were on display at an exhibition in the cathedral, and visitors were inside at the time. The alarm went off when the burglars smashed the security glass and stole the artifacts 
Katharina Fjord, a spokesman for the 14th century Strangnes Cathedral, told the AP. The church said the stolen items were kept in accordance with the prevailing safety regulations in locked and alarm displays in the cathedral. Police sent out a helicopter and a boat to hunt for the thieves, but found nothing. Hmm. No one was hurt, but no further details were provided. Tom Rowell, a visitor who was eating lunch outside, said he saw two men running from the cathedral toward a small nearby jetty where a motorboat was tied up. Okay. How daring was this? Well, even more bizarre to, to this story is the fact that these the jewels were buried with King Carl and, uh, what was it, Queen Martha? What was her name? Uh, the, Christina. Okay, Queen uh, Queen Christina. And then they had second thoughts saying, you know, Carl's got that big, uh, he's got the big crown down there. Let's exhume it and, and take it and we'll put it on display. That I think that's bizarre. The Gothic-style cathedral built between 1291 and 1340 is in the heart of the town. Wow. And <laughs> we're putting... The stolen, artifacts, the stolen artifacts are funeral regalia, which are placed inside or on top of a coffin to symbolize a deceased royal's identity and social ranking. Hmm. Well, I'm just, uh, I was just, uh, my imagination was... Your escape route, your was vessel. A, ...was a tad uh, excited to, to realize that these uh, the thieves took off in a boat. What do you do with it, though? You don't go to uh, Sweden's, uh, you know, uh, pawn star and say, Rick... I got. I don't King know Carl's. what you. I don't know what you do with it. Uh, Melt it down. But they'll find them. They'll find them. Yeah.